McLeod shoots. Not down, a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson. Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one. So we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson dancing out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcheseau. What a goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights expanding their lead over the Edmonton Oilers by stopping the streak as the Oilers attempt to equal the Pittsburgh Penguins' record for longest winning streak in National Hockey League history. Comes up one short. Edmonton is now seven points back of Vegas. Vegas is seven points back of the Vancouver Canucks, so they're right in the middle in second spot in the Pacific Division. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. I've uh, got a lot to get into in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, but uh, what uh, we witnessed last year coming out of the All-Star break and the bye week with a real run for the Vegas Golden Knights, has off the hop uh, been uh, measured up to and answered uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights in a marquee game in which when you looked around all the uh, social media posts regarding Mm -hmm. last night's game, it was right up there with uh, the 10 biggest, most uh, interesting games of this regular season. Yeah, one, 100%. I mean, this was, you know, it, it fit the billing. It was a heavyweight matchup. It's two teams that, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all kind of expected would be in the running for the Pacific Division Championship. Um, and obviously, things didn't go well for the Edmonton Oilers, but they turned it around. They have been so, so good really over the last three, two and a half, three months. And so it established a really big, a really important game with some history on the line. And, you know, when you have kind of those extraneous uh, storylines going into it, it, it makes for a little bit more than just a regular season game. And that's what we got last night. And Vegas was able to do it without Shea Theodore, mm-hmm. minus Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. And you can add on uh, Will Carey uh, to, that, to that mix, uh, among others. But uh, those uh, would be uh, three of your... Uh, more high-profile players that were not able to produce last night. Can you take any extra confidence with that, or is it just you have to play with the ones that are available? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Golden Knights, you can absolutely take a little bit more confidence out of that because you should, and I think kind of the evidence bears it out, you're a better team with Jack Eichel and, and Shea Theodore and William Carrier and you know, your your full complement to players. I, I believe that you're a better team. You you are a deeper team. You, you know, it's one of those situations where you you love the fact that you're able to do it without those players. Um, and it doesn't make it easier when you get those players back, but it does give you kind of an edge in terms of belief in that you are a better team because you've got those guys in the lineup. Now, uh, from that perspective, like, I don't think it's going to matter if if everyone's fully healthy the next time that they play or in a playoff series that the Golden Knights were able to beat the Oilers without Shea Theodore and without Jack Eichel. But I do think it gives Vegas a little bit more confidence that they have the tools to put forth a, a game plan that can work against Edmonton. Is it a first-round playoff preview? 
we will wait to see what the next 31 games serve up from the Golden Knights' uh, standpoint. Uh, but if it does get closer between these two clubs, uh, Vegas also gives itself a, a bit of an answer back uh, on the tiebreaker as they now have three or four points uh, available head-to-head with the Edmonton Oilers, and Edmonton has a, a win and a regulation loss. So that's uh, some of the fallout uh, that goes a little bit below the surface, uh, the impact of last night's game and the uh, just uh, details that uh, that come out of that game, the important details uh, about the Vegas Golden Knights. Who was the better team last night uh, as a whole? Can Edmonton fans say that they were, uh, even though they didn't get the result? I think they have a claim to it. Like I think it was pretty even, right? Like you look at the second period, it was all Edmonton. I thought the first period was was relatively even, as you mentioned, and we talked about there were some self-inflicted things from the Golden Knights that, that fed into what the Oilers wanted to do. You turn a puck over on the power play, and it leads to a 2-on-0 break for McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's nightmare fuel. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think you can look at that from a moral victory perspective. Like, the Edmonton Oilers, you play that game the same way. They probably win, right? Like, it was a scenario where I think the the, the better goaltender was Aiden Hill, and the team that made more plays, more opportunistic, were the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I thought Stuart Skinner was really good last night, too. Uh, didn't have the workload uh, mm-hmm. that Aiden Hill uh, was faced to uh, uh, forced to uh, look at, but that wasn't a, a game in which the Edmonton Oilers lost because of goaltending, which has been an issue in the past. Uh, I, I think Edmonton can certainly uh, look at that and be uh, confident or, or uh, be happy with the performance there. Yeah, I, I I do too. I you know, I think it was a well-played game on both sides. Obviously, there are some things you want the Golden Knights to be able to clean up, but if you're an Oilers fan, like you, you you have to trust the process and if the if the Oilers play that type of game more often than not, they're going to win. And it's a big reason why they were on a 16-game winning streak to go into that one. Uh, Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights play the game of the night, uh, game of the week. Uh, one of the uh, top five, top ten games that the National Hockey League will will produce uh, this year. Uh, certainly from a, a anticipation level, uh, you've got the Stanley Cup champions uh, going against a rival and a team that was uh, looking to equal a National Hockey League record. Did you get the sense that stopping the streak meant more than Vegas was letting on going into the game? I I don't I I I don't know. Like I I don't think that Vegas looked at that game and said, "Yeah, we want to end the streak." I think absolutely the team wants to beat the Edmonton Oilers because they like beating the Edmonton Oilers. They want to beat their rival because that's what Edmonton is. It's their closest rival. They're Right now, at this point, their fiercest rival based on recency, based on the Stanley Cup championship that, that the Golden Knights won last year and having to go through the Oilers. Um, I, I don't know that that was the driving factor more so than just going out there and beating Edmonton. Can I give you a slightly different look at it? Go for it. And maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you'll say, no, I'm all in. Uh, I don't think it was about the streak. I do believe that there was real strong motivation not to let the record happen in their building mm. at T-Mobile Arena. So uh, the idea of stopping the streak wasn't front and center, 
but I do believe that there was either uh, side conversations or just an overview of it doesn't happen in our house. <laughs> Maybe uh, against us, that's one thing, but mm-hmm. not in our house. So you feel like it, it might have felt different if that game was up in Edmonton? Well, I just I, I think there was the motivation was not necessarily stopping the streak, but, but not letting sure it happen in their building, making sure it doesn't happen in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can talk me into that. Like that's an angle that I think makes a little bit more sense because you know, again, history is is you know good, bad, indifferent. It, it, you're not gonna you're not gonna really remember too much down the road. Like you're not gonna remember who the Pittsburgh Penguins beat to win their 17th game in a row. At least I don't remember it. Uh, but then again, I'm not tied to it. Uh, but I do understand the idea of, you know what, if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen here. Um, I like that mentality, and, and I can kind of talk myself into that a little bit more than being being driven to stop the streak for the sake of stock, stopping the streak. So here's a little inside uh, baseball. Uh, Rick Tockett. Mm-hmm. Coach of the Vancouver Canucks, and they won again last night. Uh, they continue to uh, get it done. Vegas uh, keeps pace with them, so seven points between first and second. Uh, but uh, I loved what Rick Tockett said on the weekend at the NHL All-Star Game. He was a member of that Pittsburgh Penguins team in 92-93, and he was adamant saying, uh, we, uh, we don't want anybody to break that record uh mm-hmm. people that say hey records are made to be broken uh, maybe some are but we don't want anybody to break that record we like uh those of us that played on that team like uh the idea that uh, that we were part of the longest winning streak in in nhl history uh which i thought was was so out of the box thinking for mm-hmm. hockey mm-hmm. i, I like trying to own it, I, I I loved it, and it's not controversial by any means. But sometimes you say, "Yeah, well, it's uh, it, we we figured that it would be broken at some point, and it's been nice to have the record for the last thirty years." So that's it. Like that, that would be more the the response that uh, that I would uh, anticipate getting from from somebody from from that uh, that ninety three Pittsburgh Penguins team. So I just I, I sent talk a note last night afterwards, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I just said, uh, "Congratulations, your record lives." And uh, and he responded. He, he was obviously watching the game last night after mm-hmm. their contest against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. And uh, his response was just, "LOL, uh, uh, nice job, buddy. Uh, thank Butch for me." Uh, so I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was cool. Uh, that uh, that those uh, obviously there's a relationship between the two coaches, and uh, and being able to uh, acknowledge the win. And and uh, Rick was happy. Uh, they they they've got the record. Uh, so I told butch that today uh on the ice at that at, at practice and he just said well uh it was it was a good win uh i'll pass it along to aiden <laughs> aiden had a, had a lot to do with it uh so it was funny aiden didn't practice today mm-hmm. but everything's uh as far as i know everything's fine uh, uh just a, a day off uh with the travel day as they uh took off uh, to arizona uh, and uh and so uh aiden expected to be with the team and uh i would think that aiden hill will be mm-hmm. the goaltender uh tomorrow night so 
So uh, any worries uh, about that, I think, can be put aside. It was just a uh, an off day coming off a, a large workload uh, last night uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, kind of a behind-the-curtain look at uh, at uh, the coaches and, and what they go through. And uh, and Rick Tockett uh, uh, acknowledging that, uh, that he was pretty happy that the Golden Knights were able to win that game last night. Do, do you think it has something to do with the fact that it is a team-earned record? Right? Like... Obviously, that is one where you are in the trenches with your teammates, and you know maybe you look at it maybe a little bit differently than an individual record, so to speak. No, I think it's Rick Tockett. Oh, it's just who he is. I think that's just Rick Tockett. I love he it. is the ultimate competitor, and he <laughs> wants to win and uh, not just win, but squash you. He is one of the most competitive people I have ever met in any sport, and his fire that uh, that burned inside him as a player like he's a top 10 guy as a penalty minute guy and he will be forever mm-hmm. like no nobody's catching up to those guys uh with a penalty like he 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 battled hard he fought hard uh he scored hard he did everything possible did uh to hard? to produce points uh he won in a hard way uh mm-hmm. Stanley Cup champion uh, as a player and uh, and as a coach uh and I I just think it's 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 his competitiveness that wants to continue to to own that record uh I don't know whether I've ever told you guys the story but when when uh this this will sum up talk okay. and and just how beautiful he is it's story time with Millard. So Rick was coaching the Arizona Coyotes when I caught up with him uh, on the Chirp Podcast. Uh, this is seven years ago that uh, that this pro- conversation probably happened wow. uh, in Buffalo, and and uh, Rick and I have uh, have a couple of mutual friends. So one of his great friends is one of my best friends so, so we always exchange stories uh, about uh, about our buddy KT uh, so we're, we're having this conversation after the morning skate in Buffalo and everybody leaves the players leave the support staff leave the PR people leave they're like uh, can you uh, get back to the hotel okay like, it's just Rick and I which, which you never get mm-hmm. uh, with an NHL head coach which is uh, so so nice that, uh, that they would do that uh, anyway we, we, we had to talking about uh, about talk and I asked about Sean Avery uh, <laughs> because he wouldn't necessarily be of the uh, liking to how Sean Avery handled himself <laughs> as a player. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Avery's sure. uh, skill level, but he just had a unique way of going about it and uh, it didn't fit with the tradition of, he was, of, of the National Hockey League. He was eccentric. He, yeah, it. Uh, he was certainly different. Anyway, uh, Rick was coaching, he told me the story, when he was coaching Tampa Bay for mm. uh, a bit. He was the head coach there. Uh, they were. He was playing against Sean Avery, and Avery was doing his usual antics. Mm-hmm. And Talk finally said to him, "Hey, after the game, I'll ditch the suit. You and I, we're gonna go." <laughs> and, and I'm looking at Talk, going, "You challenged him to a scrap?" He's like, "Yeah, like, I, I, I had enough of him." I'm like, "I'm not sure you can do that." He goes, "So what?" Yeah, uh, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember the the uh, exact back and forth, but uh, he was head coach uh, of of a team, and he just flat out told the uh, a player on the other squad who was on the ice, "We're going to go after the game." Now they mm-hmm. never did, mm-hmm. but uh, but that's how competitive he is, and I, I think it was probably a good thing that Sean Avery didn't go down that path, mm-hmm. uh, and and how. Um, 
uh, strong. Uh, Rick Tockett uh, believed that uh, that he would make uh, him pay for the different things that 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 he was doing. So I've got I've got uh, a, not just for that, but uh, I just uh, I, I love Rick. Uh, I love what he does. Uh, I love the uh, chemistry that he's built uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. But but above all. Uh, like this is this has pushed its way right to the very front that he didn't want anybody to break that record. He wanted to still be uh, part of the uh, team that had the most wins in a row in National Hockey League playoff history. It should be noted too, uh, Wild Bill Carlson, who put that game away last night, mm-hmm. uh, was part of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yep, when they won sixteen in a row. Yeah, so he knew exactly. What Edmonton was going through last night, and in as close as anybody else in the building, uh, what the, what they were feeling because he'd been part of the team that uh, had also uh, come up uh, one shy of the of the Pittsburgh Penguins in in uh, I'm just sh- I'm just surprised that I knew it was the Columbus Blue Jackets that that was the other team. Unreal. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, year before Vegas, and they they had had a going then and it kind of came out of nowhere but they were a much better uh place to their franchise at the time mm-hmm. but uh but they 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 were just rolling back then they had everything on there Sergey Bobrovsky was a goaltender yep. uh with with that team and uh and uh, so uh, a couple of teams have now come close three teams have won s- at least 16 games in a row in 120 years of the National Hockey League. And the previous two teams did not win the Stanley Cup. Three teams. Yeah, right. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins did, but uh, right? Not in not the 92 Oh, right. They lost yeah. uh, in that uh, yep. that uh, big upset uh, mm-hmm. in, in 1993 when, when Montreal and, uh, oh, went to the final, right? And and I'm safe to say, it's safe to say that the, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets did not win a Stanley Cup. So, yeah. No, Columbus Will the Oilers buck yet, the so- trend? We'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens uh, with the with the Edmonton Oilers and and how they react uh, to this. Now that the streak is over and you're coming out of the break, and uh, they've got uh, Anaheim uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. and they've got Los Angeles on the weekend. Uh, how do they respond? Is there a bit of a drop off uh, after having this marvelous run uh, or do they just uh, pick up where they went they won eight games in a row mm-hmm. uh, I think they lost four uh, and uh, or, or three three and and uh, and then won 16 yep. in a row so we'll see whether it, it triggers itself into just a blip or whether that there's uh, any type of um, impact uh, from uh, a letdown uh, point of view. I'm still waiting to see what Edmonton's going to do. Uh, Corey Perry, by the way, last night uh, had a couple of chances. Boy, yep. uh, late. Uh, he had an opportunity to fire at home. Uh, was was pretty quiet though. Like it, it, it was an intense game. Mm-hmm. It was a fast game. It was like there wasn't an opportunity for anything else to get involved in that game last night. I, I thought it was more intense than the first meeting, the five four. Uh, victory in extra time for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, back in November, but uh, I, so I, I thought there was a more jump to the game, but there wasn't any type of uh, extracurriculars last night, or mu- wasn't much uh, on the extracurricular standpoint. Yeah, I, it it didn't have you know the 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 face washes or the the scrums the bite, after whistles, right? the bite that you're looking for in in that game, and we might. 
honestly, we might have to wait until the playoffs. Like, we might have to wait uh, for a playoff series. We might have to wait for one of those games that eventually gets away from one team or another before we really get to that meat and that bite in a game. But I'm with you in that last night had way more energy, way more jump, uh, way more intensity on both sides. Um, you know, some good stick work here and there. Like, there were some things that, that certainly would have frustrated players in in the moment. Um, you know, little slashes here and there, just making sure players know that that you're there and, and you're, you're coming in on a forecheck. But... You know, beyond that, I, I think, you know, to a degree, like that game felt more like what I was expecting to see the first time around, and it didn't happen. You know, there there was one slash, and it came at the end of the second period, mm-hmm. just uh, after the horn, and it was Darnell Nurse uh, and Alex Petrangelo, and Nurse gave him a pretty good hack to the back of the calf, and they got involved, and there was some chirping going off the ice, and I was kind of surprised. And I don't know whether Darnell was doing it because of the history with Petrangelo mm-hmm. and Leon Dreisaitl or whether something had happened earlier in the shift. But it was two defensemen, so it'd, it'd be kind of weird that, the, that, that something happened uh, between them uh, during the course of a shift. And then I was thinking, what a why, why poke the bear? Like, why would <laughs> Darnell Nurse do that? Because everything go, uh, Stone Stone was involved uh, in in uh, offering his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 big players uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights were 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 on the ice at the time, and every thought going down the tunnel after two periods was, uh, we're still in this thing. We got one more period to go, and they're doing that, and they're mouthing off. And I love the chirping. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my go-to. If if you've got a game full of chirping, I'm the happiest guy in the world. But that was was a case where it seemed to be misguided. Like let let the the game go. Uh, why why do you try to stir up uh, any type of hornet's nest uh, with 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 the Vegas Golden Knights? I thought that was a just a puzzling time for Darnell Nurse to to get involved in that. And, and it was one of the, the few times that there was any type of uh, altercation. Is that where you, is that when you know you've got the Edmonton Oilers? Like when you get them to that point where the frustrations bubble over tangibly? Well, no, I don't think there was any frustration there. Uh, I think it was just Darnell doing something that he thought was right. Yeah. I got, there was no reason for Edmonton to really be frustrated because they'd control the game. I know they they didn't expand. Well, they they had the puck uh, on their in the lead. offensive zone for for an entire period and had nothing to show for it. No, nothing to show for it. But they were by far the better team, sure. and so I don't think uh, that there was uh, any reason for massive frustration uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. I just sometimes players do things because. They're in the moment, or they look up and they see a guy that uh, that they know their organization isn't big fan of, or they got mm-hmm. some history with it, and and they turn around, and they do something, and I think that's more the case of it. And if there is no fuel, like if if you're controlling the game, why do you do something to bring the other team back into it emotionally? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's why Vegas won the game. But it didn't hurt, and it certainly would have when everybody's uh, uh, getting into the the locker room after the second period, saying uh, let's let's go, let's let's give it to those guys. Uh, that's that garbage what they did, and uh, we'll get them. And uh, and I, I just 
I, I know that there would have been some, it wouldn't have lasted the whole intermission. It wouldn't have been the, the flag that they were waving coming out. Sure. But it, it sure didn't hurt uh, getting Vegas involved in the fight. No, I, I don't think so. And, you know, I still hold out hope, and, and I, I feel like you're probably there with me. Like, we are going to get a game where we get that physical bite payoff from what we've been expecting uh, from a payback perspective from the playoffs, right? Like, you, you believe that that's coming. I don't know when. There's only one more opportunity in the regular season for it to happen, and that's game 78 for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, that might have home ice implications. I don't know that that's the moment we get it, but it does feel like that type of intensity or that type of game is bubbling to the surface at some point here in the near future. Next game out will be tomorrow night against the Arizona Coyotes for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm -hmm. Be game 999 for Alex Petrangelo. (laughs) And then he'll play his thousandth game on Monday against the, the Minnesota Wild. And I said to him, I, I got to practice today uh, because Aiden Hill had the day off. So uh, How'd you I do? was uh, skating around and it occurred to me, what what a just dichotomy of or, or difference between two games, like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. You've got one of the best games of the year, most anticipated game of the year. Last mm-hmm. night, yep. Stanley Cup champions against a team trying to equal the record for most wins in a row on Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. Right, it is huge on national television in both countries. And then Vegas turns around two days later and will play a team out of the playoffs in a forty-two hundred seat building. Yeah, and and to- you, you can't you can't write that uh, like you got this massive stage, and then you've got uh, tomorrow night over at Mullet Arena, and there, the, we'll talk about it tomorrow. The mm-hmm. the trap game or uh, drop off uh, in, in intensity, like that will be a talking point sure. uh, tomorrow for for good reasons. But but what what was going through my head today as I was skating around was. Thank goodness it's not game 1,000 tomorrow night Yeah, for Alex Petrangelo. Sure. Like he's he's going to do it at home, which is great, mm-hmm. uh, on Monday. And he's he's going to uh, remember that uh, occasion uh, for all time. But and, and sometimes it just works out that it is on the road, and, and that happens. But the fact that it's not going to happen in that building, which I don't know whether how long that building is going to be around in the NHL, how long that franchise is going to be around in the NHL. We'll talk more about that yep. with John Shannon tomorrow because there is some uh, an undercurrent of, of things happening uh, based on my conversation with John earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh but just it, it worked out. So I said to, to Petro, like, like, thank goodness. I basically reiterated what uh, what I just said to you guys. And he said sometimes things just happen uh, for uh, the the right. Uh, they they just work out the right way. Sure. They 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 play tomorrow in Phoenix in in uh, uh, Tempe, and then they're off for a couple of days. They'll have practice. And then play on Monday, but allows all the people uh, that that he wants involved in his thousandth game mm-hmm. 
to come into town and they'll they'll have, probably have a couple of dinners and uh, some functions and and he'll be able to it won't be on a back to back it won't be in the midst of a crazy week in the schedule he's going to Alex Translow is going to be able to absolutely embrace every part mm-hmm. of his thousandth game with time to be with the people most important and most influential uh, on his, his life as a hockey player, both before and after next week. And uh, it's, it's pretty, he, he brought that to my attention today. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's really cool. A couple of guys that, uh, that uh, we both know uh, friends of his that I'm familiar with are coming into town and I can't wait to uh, just watch him uh, embrace uh, what's going to be a, a career accomplishment for him on Monday. Yeah, he gets to savor it, right? Like you, you get to you get the build up, you get the the payoff. It's it's inside T-Mobile Arena, and not inside Mullet Arena. And then you get to kind of like breathe afterward too, right? Like you know, the Golden Knights will play that game on Monday, and then they don't play again until Saturday um, that week. So you have the opportunity to like really savor a career accomplishment. And I, you know, based on the schedules and. You know how many games these these guys are playing inside of a month. You don't really get those opportunities, but it works out well for Petrangelo. Looking forward to game nine 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 tomorrow night against the Arizona Coyotes, and then one thousand on Monday. Uh, we've got uh, one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, plus uh, some tickets to give away. Let's do that right now. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Be caller number seven. Uh, we will give you. Alex Petrangelo uh, sneaking up on his thousandth game. Uh, so caller number seven will give you a couple of tickets to see the Carolina Hurricanes against the Vegas Golden Knights on the 17th. Uh, if you are caller number seven, next uh, one-timers are on the way. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery couple of things to bring you up to date uh, happening right now. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev has been taken off the ice on a stretcher in the yep. second period of the Tampa Bay Lightning game against the New York Rangers. Uh, his left leg appeared to bend awkwardly as he was attempting to make a hit. Uh, so we wish him the best of luck, but uh, he was in obvious pain uh, tonight. And that would be a huge blow uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning's quest uh, to get back involved in the game in the playoff series yeah it, it didn't look good um obviously the the hope is that uh it looked worse than it it eventually will be but you know, any time without mikhail sergachev is going to be really tough for the the tampa bay lightning to overcome jonathan quick uh, starting for the new york rangers and uh, everybody's jumping all over that uh, mm-hmm. wondering if there's a goalie controversy with the New York Rangers, but Pierre Laviolette says uh, Shesterkin is our guy and uh, tried to push that aside, uh, just uh, adding that uh, they're fortunate to have somebody like Jonathan Quick in the stable, and uh, he's played very well as of late. So there, uh, there's some uh, rumblings there uh, because Shesterkin has not been up to a previous form uh, this year, so they're looking at, uh, at trying to quell that while also giving themselves the the best chance to win a hockey game yeah this is why you bring in a goalie like jonathan quick right like this is why the new york rangers signed him to give you opportunities inside of the season to 
you know, hold down the fort if you need to get Igor Shosturkin going in the right direction. I have no doubt that Shosturkin will be able to find his game. And in the meantime, Jonathan Quick is giving you solid starts and an opportunity to win games. And that's what you need out of your backup goaltender. Uh, Brendan Dillon suspended for three games because of a hit to Noel Achari last night. Did you see it? I did, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was worth three games. Yeah, it's a three-gamer for yeah. sure. Not sure you can talk your way out of that. Uh, and, of course, the biggest story to come out of uh, the hockey world yesterday, mm. and this is above stopping the 16-game uh, winning streak for the Edmonton Oilers oh or any goalie controversy in New York or Brendan Dillon's three-game suspension, is the fact that uh, by an overwhelming majority, the poll that we put up yesterday talking about the music in the background of one-timers was in fact interfering with people's ability to hear us. Mm-hmm. Yep. 59% said yes, it's too loud. 59%. I consider that overwhelming. And here's the person that ignited that conversation. It would win it's, you an uh, election. It's uh, Jeff Sharples uh, joins us now, uh, former National Hockey Leaguer, and he's uh, been on the VGK show on the television side. Uh, do you feel a sense of pride that you were able to bring that to our attention? I, I, uh, I'm just happy to be on, but I always said, Mallard, help me help you, and that's, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to help you guys uh, because people want to hear what you and Ryan have to say, and I did think you kind of went at Chapman a little, little hard there, uh, but... Uh, I'm glad that the people responded, and uh, and now uh, I can hear every word you guys say in one-timers. You think that I was a little hard on him? I, yeah, I thought you went after him a little bit. That was kind of unnecessary, but uh, yeah, uh, it's all in the rearview mirror now, so uh, now we can hear everything you guys say, and uh, no more Eddie Van Halen guitar solos, so uh, that's good. Well, the fact that Chapman had no idea this was happening was why I was hard on him. Mm. <laughs> it's also a day that ends why. So yes, Chapman, what what do you want to step in here and, and offer your piece on? Well, I appreciate Mr. Sharples calling in to uh, let you know that you were a little hard on 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 Chapman. But... I like that. That's the direction you take. Well done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got nothing to do with the fact that it was. Uh, the the oh, to give the whole thing was the fact that people couldn't hear us. Well, it's all about me. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> JS is in my corner. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I I've heard Jeff on the television broadcasts of the uh, HSK games, and he he's really good. I think he could take your job, Darren. Well, he does a totally different job. Though. No, no, but he he's he's really good. <laughs> he could do it. We, we do totally different things. Oh, you've hit a nerve. Yeah, now. I touched it. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I, I, I love sharps. There, there's got to be a vein coming out of Darren's head right no, now. No, I just, <laughs> like it, it made no a, sense. Like, like he's and, sucking I, a milkshake at McDonald's. He's got that vein. I <laughs> love sharples. It's, it, it, like, no, nothing would make me happier than to have uh, more of, of Jeff Sharples. Hey, you were there last night. Um, your takeaway, uh, Sharps, on stopping Edmonton's streak at 16. I thought that, uh, you know, with having the lineup that Vegas has and, you know, you don't play with what you want, you play with what you have. And, you know, obviously we'd love to see Theodore back. We'd love to see Kerry back. Hutton was playing great. Eichel. But you know what? Uh, you got to give the coaching staff and the team a real tip of the hat because uh, the shorthanded goal early in the first period, that could have been here we go. Uh, one of the 
Edmonton's been able to do in these two games this season is they've been able to jump out to the lead, and Vegas has found a way in both games to fight their way back. And I think that kind of tells you the medal that the team has. And uh, I, I, I think of guys like Amadio, Ronberg, Korzak, um, stepping up. Cotter on, the, on Stevenson's goal uh, got in on the forecheck. These, this is what kind of, you know, you tip your hat to uh, Kelly and George for being able to get these people in and Coach Cassidy and his staff uh, being able to get them to play uh, the way that, you know, that they want them to play. And I just loved Amadio's game last night. And if you think about it, you had Carlson coming back, Amadio and Roenberg playing against McDavid and or Drysaddle. Uh, that, you know, that's Roenberg, I watched him Friday and Saturday night with Henderson, and, and I kind of said the same thing. He doesn't jump off the screen at you, but he's so good at little things, and this guy's just getting started. So uh, another player that's serviceable and fits the mold of what the Golden Knights are all about. How would you describe the move that Carlson made for the empty netter? What, what's that stick handle uh, description there? <laughs> Was a per, uh, would you call that the toe drag? Is that what you're you're looking for? But it wasn't even like a toe drag. It's like he used the 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 blade of his stick to suck it back uh, a little bit. It was it was really interesting. Oh, he wasn't being denied right after the yeah. first one, and I I forget which oiler got their stick in there to deny him the the wide open net on the first one. There was a couple sticks last night where guys had sitters and 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 either on the Golden Knights or the Oilers side. Uh, Someone was able to make a just a last-ditch effort to stop the puck from going in, and and there was still quite a bit of time left when when you know while Bill had his first crack at it. But uh, I'm not sure what I'd call that. But the guy's a special player, and you know it's funny. I know you, you guys talked about him earlier, but here's a guy that was in Anaheim and Columbus, mm-hmm. right? And somehow it didn't work out there. But boy, has it ever worked out in Vegas? And he's such you know he's just a glue guy. He's just one of those players that you just know what you're going to get every night and uh it's you know seven years in here now and this guy just keeps growing and growing and uh and now you know not he scores 40 plus his first year and now he's out there against the other team's top players which you know happen to be two of the best players in the world last night okay uh i'm i'm gonna just say the word selkie because i know how much it irks darren that we even talk about this but um, last night was one of those games for William Carlson where you're coming off of not having played for five weeks and the engine's right there and you shut down Connor McDavid five on five. Like, if people don't realize how good William Carlson is, these head to head matchups against McDavid should open some eyes there. Yeah, you know, I think he got, what, 19 minutes last night, first time back out, and McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, I really liked Edmonton's game last night, and they look a little different. They started, I give Knobloch credit, he started to use some of his depth players, like McLeod and Holloway were very noticeable last night with Corey Perry, but uh, the big, you know, everything starts and ends in Edmonton with 29 and 97, and you're right, um, Ryan, that uh, Wild Bill was, this guy is, just imagine, I mean, he can play anywhere in your lineup. He's going to play in your top nine, right? You're going to either swap him and Stevenson once in a while when Eichel's healthy, and you know, so he plays in your third spot as your centerman, but he's out there with Amadio and Roenberg, and uh, it doesn't matter who you play him with. It wasn't that long ago he was uh, the top centerman with uh, Marcia Show and uh, and Smith, and mm-hmm. so this guy, you know, you say Selkie and and he's scoring, you know, at a, at a really good clip uh, for a player that's tasked uh, with 
having to go up against the other team's top players every night. He's a, he's, he's a special player, and he's still got all kinds of speed. And guy coming back like that last night, he had the quickness and the speed. Uh, his conditioning looked fantastic, and, and it was nice to see him rewarded with the empty netter. I just don't put any stock in the in the Selkie. Ryan Ryan has seventeen guys in Vegas winning the Selkie. That's this not year. true. I'm only so, doing it because it irks you. It's that's, fun. That's, he's got seventeen. You're triggered guys by the word Selkie. It's amazing. In, in the running for the Selkie. That on is their ridiculous. Seventeen alone. guys. That's unreal. Um, Sharples, congratulations! Uh, you've done the uh, the incredible uh, work uh, to influence this show, and you've changed it, and you've made it better. And that's more than I can say, and that's more than Ryan can say, and there's definitely more than Chris Chapman can say. You've made our show better this week. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just a small cog in the wheel of uh, the global uh, brand that you guys have. Just trying to help, you know, spread the word and, and make sure everybody can hear every word you're saying. Because there are a lot of words that you say. <laughs> That's true. Oh, boy. Jeff Sharples with us in the VGK Insider Show. Catching up with Chapman's next in the Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I'm going to be petty today. Yes. With, 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 catch, with Catching Up with Chapman. And we didn't even discuss the best part of what happened of the Golden Knights winning last night. Hmm. Do you want to know what that is, Darren? Uh, no. It's the fact that all these Edmonton fans who flew down and bought tickets for last night's game and also bought tickets for the game on Friday against Anaheim Mm -hmm. now have to go to Anaheim to watch a game between the Ducks and the Oilers Eh. with no history on on the line. Anaheim's nice, though. It is nice, but do you really want to see the Ducks? Like, you really want to spend well, your... you, No, you want to see the Oilers win. Yeah, but if you're going to go, you want to. if you're going to spend money on tickets, you want to see a good game. You want I'll to see you, good I'll, teams. I'll tell you this. The atmosphere last night was awesome. It was. It really was awesome. It was a great atmosphere. A lot of... I, 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 I talked to Nick Waugh about it, and he said that you could definitely feel mm-hmm. the energy, and he could tell. He's like, I'm skating. I saw a lot of orange. He's like, he could definitely see it, so... Um, it was cool. It was a great atmosphere. I thought it was a great game. Um, happy Vegas won. And I'm happy that uh, Aiden Hill with another stellar performance. You know, the, the, the sad thing is, I don't think he's going to play enough games. But, man, it's hard to find a guy who's been better in net this year across the entire NHL than Aiden Hill. I think he'll be qualified to win. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Vesna? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But... Does he get enough starts? How many how many like wins would you need? Well, he's only got eighteen games played. Yeah. And there's what you gotta, 30 you gotta be some, half, right? Yeah, yeah I think I'm you gotta sure have at least forty half. forty starts, forty two starts. It's and, it's a long shot, I think, but he's been phenomenal. He but really the, has. The, if, the, if the numbers are off the charts. Overwhelming. Yeah, then then but they'd have to continue to be where they are right now, where you're thirteen yeah. and two. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's under two in in goals allowed. Mm-hmm. He leads the league in save percentage. Um, I think really right now, I mean, Joey Decord's having a really good year, but Connor Hellebuck, I think, mm-hmm. right? You, when you look at his numbers, he's probably the guy who you, who you're looking at. But man, Aiden's having a really really yeah. Good Hellebuck year. and Demko, I would put in my yep. my top two right now. Swayman, 
Hmm. Is there music going? Because I can't no. hear it. No, no not yet. Music. Okay, no. good. No. I, I there just is now. Music I don't want to make a mistake. You got 60 it. seconds. And be able to uh, uh, take the show off the rails. Because we're, we're nice. Like Sharple's uh, guiding us along. Uh, supporting you the way he did, Chapman. Yeah, I, yeah, think yeah. I made a friend. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, inspirational. I'll yes. put my I'll put my uh, support behind Chapman, and and that has nothing to do with the fact that he brought me a black and white cookie from New York. So thanks, buddy. He brought back a cookie. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, he when asked did you me. get it. I he I got it right now. I'm gonna eat it after the show. Yeah. First time I've seen him since I've been back. It was like two weeks ago. No, I know. No, I know. but we were on the bye week yeah. last week. So yeah, but is the cookie still good? I refrigerated. Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's packaged nicely. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going down that road. Oh, I don't care. Eat it now. Well, I'm not going to eat it in the studio. That'd be ridiculous. Come on. Live a little. <laughs>